welcome, welcome to the Rhythm and Love podcast. I am your co-host, Melvin. And I'm the other co-host, Nick. Thanks for checking out the show. Yes. Nick, how you been? I've been good. Uh, still in lockdown here in Ontario right now. Just, you know, been doing stuff around the house. Uh, picked up my old bass guitar and started relearning anything. Oh, nice. With that. Yeah. Very cool. It's just been, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you just kind of pick up and you're like, what, what do I remember? What can, what can I and I cannot do with this? Uh, nice. So, so what did you end up playing? So I retaught myself uh, the Ramones, uh, but Street Bop. And oh. it's a pretty simple riff. Yeah. But uh, it's it's being able to play through a whole song. It's, it feels pretty good. Absolutely, man. I mean, um, I was just talking with somebody, the importance of practicing a song all the way through instead of making one mistake and starting over. You'll never learn how to play a song. You'll just learn how to make mistakes and start over. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing too. It's just like, it's one of those things that you're like, as you play, you, you'll notice you'll mess up. And then so of, Oh, okay. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's just, let's just pick it up where we left off. Yeah. Can't be chasing perfection. Mistakes happen. We gotta learn from our mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, boom. And that's the episode. Boom. That's the episode, <laughs> baby. That's it. Actually, we have a really interesting and great guest on this episode. His name is Manny Blue. He is a country star originally from here in Canada, but he made the big move to the country capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee, to pursue a music career. Yeah. But before that, he, he actually had a different plan for his life. He was training to be a professional fighter, and uh, we got to talk a bunch about you know, some of the things that he learned through fighting and how he applied that to his mindset with his musical career. I'm sure, you know, taking the plunge to Nashville would be, you know, one of those things of, you know, you got to be kind of strong to do that move. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's, it's different, you know, okay, I'm going to move, you know, let's say we're going to move from London to Toronto to pursue music career. Yeah. You know, that's a two hour drive for us. Yeah. yeah. He said, I'm going to go to a different country. Yeah. Uh, hours and hours away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where everyone's trying to make it. And, you know, the great thing about talking about with Manny too, is he gave us an insight into what the culture is like in Nashville and how it is a music city. Yeah. And every night there's always live shows going on. And yeah, we also talked about why he did the transition and like, he kind of suffered a bit of an injury from it, which is, um, pretty graphic we get into it so yeah yeah just That's prepare yourself for that all right well let's not waste any more time let's get into our conversation with manny blue so if you're out walking your dog or you're about to do the dishes and want some entertainment give yourself a drink and enjoy the show <laughs> enjoy the show guys thank you what is up dude what's hey, going man. on Hey, where are you? You down in Nashville still? Yep. 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 Nashville how's, right now. Yeah. How's that down there in the U.S. with COVID? Um, some places are better than others. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, I mean, I think we're just being real, uh, real responsible, trying to be smart about where we're going and what we're doing and who we're hanging out with. Um, yeah. So there's that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we just got, we just kind of got a van house for rehearsals and, and anything that we want to do. So yeah, I'm, I'm here now and, and it's kind of given us a place to kind of leave the house and not go anywhere that's too, uh, too risque. So it's been, it's been right on, cool. man. fantastic. Yeah. That's and a place too. to go practice too. Like it's like get out of the house and practice. Oh yeah. Man. We've been rehearsing and we've been doing like con content and stuff, whatever people are asking us to film, uh, things we have a space now that is all wired our sound guy ryan is just unbelievable and he's actually he's wiring every room in the house so that we can record whatever we want in anywhere in the house it's it's pretty nuts so we're Dude, that's awesome that's amazing i love that yeah. we're putting the whole thing together right now but but um yeah it's gonna be once once we're done with it it's gonna be fun it's gonna be cool yeah, dude, that's fantastic. Uh, what was it? Blink tight, Blink One Eighty Two, self-titled. They rented a they house, rented house it, yeah. in California, and that's how they did their album. And it was an amazing album. <laughs> you know what? Shit, I'll, I'll take off. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll follow Blink One Eighty Two. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Well, dude, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. 
Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we can make it happen. Yeah, us too. Um, so you've kind of got a fascinating story. Growing up, you were more of an athlete uh, before pursuing a mu- uh, career in music. Um, you were trying to be an MMA fighter. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, um, I fell in love with MMA. After my first UFC fight that I went to watch um, at the Bell Center in Montreal, it was uh, Shogun and Machida, and I didn't know about them at all. And then I got to know about the rivalry, and I actually can't believe I was actually at the the second fight. Um, and uh, I had a buddy, uh, Brad, who was doing karate with uh, Farah Sahabi, who was GSP's uh, trainer. Right he would run Saturday mornings karate classes. Um, so he, he was into MMA because he, he grew up doing karate and stuff like that. So um, he, he was into MMA, UFC, and all that kind of thing because obviously – you know, you're going to the gym that is that GSP and Zahabi built, right? So it's kind of fascinating, and, and you're following GSP, hometown guy, who's who's you know one of the best in the world, especially at that time. Um, and so it was it was it was fascinating, and and it, I it was something I got into after I realized that you know I'm probably not going to go as far as my buddies in hockey. Um, so it was something else to do, and something that that was a, a quick passion, and I'm super competitive, so. Okay. Um, I felt like there's no other, there is no purest way of competing besides hand-to-hand combat, you versus somebody else. That's right? it, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you can kick, you can punch. It's not like boxing where you can't kick. Like, you can you can take somebody down or you can punch or kick. So it was like the purest way to to compete. And to me, that was the drive. It was like compete, participate you know, have fun. Um, and, and that was, that was the goal. And, and we, we dragged it out just like the training and the sparring, just because I wanted, before I fought, I wanted my, my trainer specifically wanted me to be ready. Right. Like you, you can't, and it took me two years before I even got my first round of sparring. Um, Whoa. just because, yeah, just because people tend to think that they can, they're invincible after six months, which I, I did, I thought, um, it's very different when you're hitting mitts and when you're hitting somebody who's punching you back and kicking you back. Um, so your reaction has to be good. You also don't want to injure your training partners. Right. Uh, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And so it took me two years before I even, I even had a round of sparring and then it took me another two years before I even got to my first fight. So, wow. but it was a, a long-term game to, to really be like, I probably could have sparred or fought sooner. Um, but we really want to put the chances on our side that we're really ready. I mean, before my fight, I was sparring with, um, some UFC guys, uh, who were, who were sparring with the amateurs because I, either they're, they're coming off an injury or they're about to start a camp. So they just wanted to get back in shape. And I was in t- uh, top peak, uh, shape because I'm, you know, in camp for an amateur fight. Um, but I got to spar with some UFC guys and, and, and for the most, uh, you know, you get some rounds that you get your, your, your butt handed to you. But yeah. um, there's a couple in, in particular that I, I do remember um, having the better of, of that, that, that fighter that, that day um, for that round. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just, you know, it's, it, it really let me know. And let my trainer know too, cause he was a UFC fighter at the same time. And he was, um, his name is Nordin Taleb. Um, and, and he, uh, yeah, he was like so pumped. He's like, you know, it was my seventh round. I think of the day. And, uh, I was gassed. I was done. And he's like, you got one more round. I'm like, no. Oh and he was like, he's like, this is so-and-so. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's pretty good. So you gotta keep your hands up. I'm like, Oh my gosh. All right, here we go. And I just <laughs> did my thing. You know, it was kind of like the last round of the day, um, probably the last week of sparring before the fight. And I was, um, and I kind of just let, you know, everything, all the training take over. You know, I didn't really think about it. And when I was done, I'm like, yeah, like take my headgear off, take my mouthpiece out. Like I'm my hand, my, you know, my gloves are taped. I'm like, take everything off, please. I just want to be done with it. And he was like, you know, who you just sparred with. I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't really give it. Like, I don't care. Like just, you know, take everything off of, of me, please. And and he was like, man, that's, that's so-and-so this, that's crazy, man. If you just like, you just picked him apart for this, this five minute round. Wow. Like, I don't care. I like take everything off. And then <laughs> later on, I realized that I actually, you know, who it was and, and it was, it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. So. Yeah, man, that's yeah. wicked. Did that's you like have cool. any, what was your, like your go-to playlist, like pump yourself up for fights and everything? 
What were some songs that you kind of had used? Hmm. Yeah. Good question. Um, I wasn't like super into music. Like I'm not that I wasn't listening. I was definitely listening, but it wasn't like I was a huge so-and-so fan, except for maybe Eminem. I was a big Eminem nice. fan in high school and coming out of high school. So uh, it was, pr- I, I mean, I don't remember, but I'd probably say Eminem was, was probably a 50% of that playlist. Yeah. Till I collapse. <laughs> was, uh, till hey? I, oh man. Till I collapse, yeah. man. Uh, toy soldiers. Um, man, there's so many that were just like, they hit you differently. And you're just like, sometimes it could be like the hard let's go. And sometimes it's just like, nah, this, but you're, 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 yeah. you're in your own head, you're in your emotions, you're in your feeling and you just got to go out and do it. Yeah. I, I, the thing too is I was so nervous driving to, to, um, uh, sparring a lot of the time that I don't even remember what was on the radio, what I was playing in the car. Right. I'm kind of just probably coming in and I'm driving pretty nervous. I remember being at a red light and, and being like seeing somebody walking like by on the sidewalk, just walking by and thinking like, what am I doing? Like that person is just living a probably a normal life. Like they're just probably on the way home. You know, it's like five, maybe six in, in the evening. They're probably on the way home they're, they maybe have a family. Maybe they have a roommate. Yeah. Gonna, uh, make dinner or order something to maybe put on a movie and hang out. They don't have to worry about getting punched in the face and not knowing what's about <laughs> <Yeah>. to happen. <laughs> so I remember thinking that a couple of times, but you get, then you get there and you warm up and you're just kind of like, let's, you know, let's fucking go. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to send it. So. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, so in one of your fights, was it, I believe it was your first fight where you got yep. the injury, right? And you Only won one, it too, yep. did you not? I did. I did. That's um, fantastic. <laughs> I did. I'm defeated, baby. That's <laughs> yeah. sick. That's sick. Uh, what happened in the fight? What, like, what happened? Uh, I don't the injury? remember. Oh. I don't, oh, the injury was uh, a torn quad. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was that happened. The fight was an absolute war, uh, which was awesome. Um, I loved it. I mean, I was ready for it. We, we, the thing is, with amateur fighting, you don't know what your opponent's going to be. So we yeah. set up like two game plans. We set up a game plan for a super technical fighter yep. who knew what he was doing, or one of those guys that think you know they're invincible you know, six months and a year in, and they're fighting already. Uh, who's just a brawler. So as soon as you pop them with a jab or something, they're going to come at you like all crazy. So we, we game plan for both scenarios. And the the way that we decided we were going to um, test that out was just like pop, pop a jab and then do a jab kick right at the beginning of the fight. Once you pop the jab and you see how he reacts, if you pop the jab and hit him and he's like all, you know, tense and aggressive, then you're like, okay, he's going to be a bit of a, more of a brawler. Uh, but this guy happened to be really, really, te- really technical and really good as well. Wow. Um, and so we were, uh, I mean, it was, uh, we tied one round. So I won two rounds and tied, I think the first one, cause it was more of a feeling out probably a thing. So it was a, a bit of a back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we, I think we tied the first round. Um, if I remember as much as the fight as I could. Uh, but then I think I, I won the, the next two and, and I think throughout the, throughout the fight, I think I tried to throw a knee to his like sternum area. Yeah. I think he, he, uh, in, in, in kind of last minute reaction, just kind of like put his elbows together. And I, I think I clipped the elbow with my knee. Like if oh. my, my knee, like, yeah, 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 because it rolled up. My muscle actually rolled up my leg. And, and I only found out like about a week or two weeks after I was after the fight and after everything sort of like was done. Everything things, hurts. So hurt. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything hurt. So I was like, had my hands on my legs. I was about to sit down and watch, you know, like family guy or something with my roommate at the time. And, uh, I'm like, I'm like sitting down and I have my hands on my legs, you know, like everything's still sore, the calves, the outside leg, the foot, my ankle was swollen because I kept trying to kick him in the rib and he would like block it. But like, yeah, yeah. so I'd always clip his elbow with my ankle because you're trying to dig the shin in. So um, anyway, yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm trying to sit down and I'm, I'm like, man, I got this weird, like bump on my leg. Like, what is this about? So I, I, I tell my buddy, I go, yo, yo, put your hand here. Like touch my leg. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, yo, just touch my leg. This is, this is a little bit messed up. I don't know what's going on. Took a picture, sent to my trainer. I go, Hey, what is like, is this a normal thing? Like, you know how I should be healing this? He's like, I've never seen that in my life. You got to go see a doctor. I'm like, okay. So I went to see a doctor and she said that, um, 
my my muscle had torn and and just the middle part rolled up so i actually still have a bump there uh and i actually got a tattoo on it of a uh, of a guy uh playing guitar leaning up against the pole because no it's uh see if i can get a photo it's a guy it's a it's a guy playing guitar leaning up against a, a light post um he's playing acoustic guitar he's got a black leather jacket on when i saw that i was like that's here it is this is the, oh dude that's sick that's awesome man that's, that's exactly cool. what i have uh, on my leg that's if i gave it to the guy and he just did exactly that and i said hey man um this i picked this image because it jumped out of me i kind of just want this he's like i might i might tweak it a little bit i'm like okay well let me know if you are because i kind of love this image and he's like okay cool and he drew it out and just like left it the way it was so um this it was super cool um and so i kind of thought for me that was a little bit of a of a fun thing to do to get a little a guy playing guitar on the muscle that then led me to music. Yeah, dude, that's, that's nice, amazing. Man. So, like, while you were recovering, Manny, like, that's where you picked up a guitar. And, like, yeah. so what made you want to pick up the guitar in the first place, kind of thing? Was it just, I can't um, really do much? Let's, let's see what I can do. Or, yeah, I couldn't do much. Um, so, you know, I was able to walk around. Like, I was still, I could play hockey and it not hurt. You know, actually, we were going to, we were, so the thing was, we were going to, I, the doctor said, don't get kicked on it. You can't get hit on that leg. It's got to heal. I said, simple enough. She's like, yeah, but you guys, you MMA guys never listen. I'm like, no, I'm going to listen. I won't get kicked on it. I'm going to box. I'm an aspiring MMA fighter in an amateur world, right? And so our mentality was we want to take everything we can. And it's just the training camp itself is going to improve that that aspect of fighting. So I'm like, I can – I can do a month or two of boxing and, and just not worry about the leg and, and just box for a little bit and get my hands really good and really tight. But just the movement and the ducking under and all that stuff was, was not, it was not helping the leg. So I, I just like said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a chill. I mean, I could walk around. It wasn't hurt. It wasn't painful. It was just when you put like a lot of weight on it, when you're weight shifting back and forth, it started to get like weak. It was more weak than pain, but it, it sucked. It was not fun. So yeah. Just hanging out, you know, um, on the computer, on YouTube, watching a bunch of stuff. And, and there was a little video of BB King that popped up, and he had a blue, shiny blue jacket on. And I'm like, what is that? Clicking it. And he's playing through his gone. And he starts off with that little lick, and I just went, I – and then he's singing, and then he's playing, and he's singing, he's playing. And I'm like, I don't know anything about music at that point specifically. I, I don't know music. And typically you think – you know, the singers playing rhythm most of the time. Mm. Um, Cause it's very hard to play lead. And oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm like, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what's, what's going on, but I want to do what he's doing. Like I'm, I, I always liked music. You know, we always had a karaoke machine. I liked singing. I was, I was pretty good at singing for like someone who like for a group of people who are not musicians. Right. Uh, so I was like the guy who could, you know, every time we're at karaoke or whatever, I was like, oh, we're too shy. I'm like, oh, I think I can do it. So I would do that. And then so when I saw that, you know, it kind of got really interesting. I'm like, I think guitar would be a fun thing to learn, you know, at least while I'm healing and just play around. And, and even just the idea of accompanying myself and not having to worry about a backing track was was pretty cool. So learned oh, yeah. that. And I never, uh, I never went back to the gym. I was just like, well, I think, I think this is pretty fun. I'm going to keep doing this till, till someone tells me to stop singing. So nobody has yet. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. And like you mentioned, like singers playing lead, like you also listen to John Mayer's continuum, which is a fantastic record. Yes. So like what made you want, those are more like blues and jazz. So how did that mm-hmm. kind of lead you into the country? Well, um, what happened was just learning guitar was what lived in country because I had buddies that all listened to country. Um, I had buddies that were, would leave uh, Montreal to go play, whether it was like my brother went to Nova Scotia and played uh, hockey out in Nova Scotia. Um, for the uh, Mooseheads? No, 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 no. Uh, he played, for, he was at, uh, he went to Santa Fe. And okay. so he, he, well, he played for the local uh, junior B team. Okay, and right on. Play in France afterwards, but I got a bunch of buddies that now are playing D three or, or had the opportunities and scouted for D one and and were playing junior in 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 Brockville and um, all that kind of stuff. So would they all everybody would come back in the summer and hang out and there'd just be like one. I mean, guys wouldn't beside between their season ending and then starting summer training and 
you know, that kind of stuff. It was, uh, we didn't have much time to always like we'd party a lot. Uh, yeah. we would, did it would be, it would be, it'd be significant. So, um, they'd be like, yo, play the guitar. Like say, you know how to play a guitar. I'm like, yeah, depends what you want. They're like, Oh, check out all these songs that we love. Like our playlist, like play all this stuff. And so get the app with the, with the chords and the words and stuff. And I knew the, I knew the songs fine. Um, so it was just trying to make my buddies happy. And then I got to learn all these country songs and, and someone asked me one time, they go, what, what do you, you know, what do you play? And I said, uh, country, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yo, no way. That's sick. I spent more time learning, learning songs so that I could play them at parties with my buddies. Yeah. than actually like techniques of blues guitar stuff that I wanted to learn. Right. Okay. So, you so like, I was just like, I want to, I, I, someone calls on me to play their favorite song. I want to know it. So all my time and dad was spent on learning all these cool songs, uh, that happened to be country songs. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, I, I can, I can stay in one blues box and, and solo maybe, but I mean, yeah. it's not nothing to, nothing's going to blow your hair back at all. So they call yeah. it the BB King box, I think. So solid. But, you know, that's the thing too. Like you could always just like, with some songs, you kind of already know the rhythm to it kind of thing. So you can just kind of yeah. progress it and that's how yeah. you advance your skills in that. It, yeah. And it's not like, I mean, it, you know, the chords aren't too crazy typically in, in, in the, the modern country songs. So um, it was, they were pretty easy to learn. That's why I learned so many of them. Yeah. So that's fast. fantastic. And I was like, what do you, what do you play? Are you, are you sing and, and play guitar? I'm like, yeah. They go, what do you play? I said, country i guess <laughs> yeah that's a bit it's a real natural and like organic way to get introduced to that you know what i mean like that's yeah. that's a nice story like you know my beginnings of music was like metal and punk and it was like it was just so forced i wanted to be i'm gonna be a metal drummer dad um and now i play in a rock band <laughs> well, I mean, I and i love it and goes, i love it yeah no i know and i think that that goes hand in hand in a way um yeah. I mean, I think it's just somebody, I was listening to a podcast and somebody said that drummers typically are, uh, they fall in love with jazz or metal. I was like the yes. two. And then, and then somewhere along the way, they're going to, they're going to place themselves and find a band to play. And that isn't one of those things. But, um, I, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny that so they were like, it's like jazz or metal. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just wanna, just wanna hit. yeah. So like what, um, so you grew up in Montreal so you learned guitars, but you played with your friends. Yeah. What sort of made you want to go down to Nashville kind of thing? Country music. Um, Montreal is not, <laughs> I can't tell you, Montreal is <laughs> not known for its, uh, its country scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, honestly, man, uh, I've been here about two years. Um, in that time, I've, I've now, you know, there's, there's you know, Brittany Kennel and, um, and uh, Matt Lang, who who are coming out of Montreal, who has spent, I think, I don't know if Matt Lang has, but I know Brittany has spent time in, in Nashville as well. Um, and, and I mean, they're both awesome artists. Um, so it's pretty cool to have that tiny little community coming out of, out of Montreal in country. But uh, yeah, I just got the opportunity to come to, to Nashville and, and, and receive some songs from some publishers and recorded it. Fantastic. Um, that was basically the whole thing. Um, I recorded those before I actually even thought about making the move almost. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm full-time in Nashville, but I mean, pretty much, uh, so all my, all, all of our, our work is here and, and I go up and I go back to Montreal to say hi to everybody and, and I come back and keep playing down here. But, um, yeah, I mean, when, before making that, that, the jump, um, I had done the, the first album in sort of two sessions and one in June, one in July doing that whole Nashville thing, uh, networking, meeting people, saying what's up, all that kind of stuff. I, I was able to, to meet now, my now manager, um, Nathan, and he, after I had gone down and recorded the second, the second half of the EP, I remember him being on the phone and said, hey, man, we, we want to work with you and we want you to be down here. It's going to be a lot easier. And I said, okay, cool. I mean, I knew I was going to probably make the, that jump to Nashville at some um, I just needed a reason. And yeah. I wanted – I wanted a, a reason to be here. I you know I, I didn't, I, I had enough stuff going on for, for, for the, where I was at. I'm like Montreal was fine. You know, obviously family's there comfortable, but I needed somebody to be like, yo, we need you to be down here. And I'm okay. Let's do it. And literally 
I had one contracted show and I, I remember the dates. It was August 30th. And leading up to that show, I was getting everything ready to go down to Nashville. And then that follow, that was a Thursday, that following Friday of the next week was uh, September 7th. And that was when I touched down and touched down in Nashville. That's amazing. <laughs> I heard on another interview, your parents came with you and they left on the weekend. It was just pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. They, so they, we exactly. So we flew down. Um, I, I brought a bunch of my stuff um, from home. They helped me uh, get all settled up in, in, over the weekend. Uh, they left, I think, like Sunday afternoon, evening. And uh, Monday morning, I woke up in my uh, new apartment in Nashville, just trying to figure it out. Can, yeah. Can you, do you remember what you did that day? Like, did you go down to the Bluebird? Did you go out? <laughs> I know the, it, the, Bluebird, the Bluebird's not like the TV show Nashville. It's like kind yeah. of a ticketed event. But what yeah, did you it, do? On? It, it is. Um, I actually have never been back down to the Bluebird. I haven't been to the Bluebird at all. Um, there's a really cool documentary on it, though. Uh, and it's it's got someone's history. So it's going to be – it's kind of one of those things that I, I, I don't know if I want to uh, do it before I get invited. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, one of those things that's a bucket list thing. And you kind of want your – you know, you want your first time at the Bluebird to be playing your songs. Probably. Um, I know people like to go visit. I've, I've gone to see the Ryman. I've done the Ryman tour twice. It's just, nice. it, it's unbelievable. And I suggest someone actually, somebody DM me the other day on Instagram and said, Hey, going to Nashville in March, uh, any spots I should check out. And I'm like, the Ryman tours are pretty dope. So yeah. I suggest that. <laughs> nice. well, that's the only one I haven't, I haven't gone over to the opera yet. Um, okay. we tried and, and I think, the, um, I think it was Chris Young that day was playing. And so they were setting up his stuff. So they had ended the, the tours at a certain time in the afternoon. And, and we were after that. So they were done. Uh, tours were done that day. So I never really tried hard to make it back just for the same reason of the bluebird where it's like, it'd be nice to, to be invited. You yeah. know, it's one of those bucket list things that you kind of want to be invited to um, yeah. and, and more so than participate but I, i've you know there's, there's people that i've either met or, or know that who have played it and, and and it's pretty unreal for them to do that so you know just can't wait for when it's our turn yeah absolutely yeah, that's the thing about national too is like you can be walking down the street on like a wednesday and there's like 100 plus bands playing all the different yeah. bars yeah. kind of thing every night yeah. kind of thing. it's such a musical scene yes and, well it's crazy i mean i like you you know when someone's playing the ryan I don't live too far from it. So if I'm walking around that area, like I'm going to, I'm going to walk by the Ryman and there's certain days, like in the middle of the afternoon, you just see like four tour buses parked up and you're like, damn, somebody's someone, someone big is playing here tonight. What? Let's just say Wednesday what, or Tuesday. Yeah. What a beautiful look that is. So Nashville's known for its collaborative spirit. Yeah. Uh, you said you worked with a couple of publishers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And well, I've worked with them. Yeah. They, they, I've been lucky enough to make some connections with, um, actually it was Jim Cressman up in Canada who was, uh, okay. super helpful in, in helping me get down to a, a publisher here with, uh, with a man named Jill. Um, and he was uh, also a Canadian Okay, but working with a, a publisher called Olay, which I now think they changed to Anthem. Yep. Uh, but they, uh, it was, they sent me, uh, you know, a boatload of songs and I had picked seven for the first EP. Yeah. And, um, you know, a couple of publishers sent me a, a couple other songs. And then we started working with Aaron Esses who produced new ink, my new album. Nice. And he's, 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 um, uh, involved with smack, uh, Shane McAnally's publisher. Okay. So, um, yeah, he's involved with smack and, and was able to, because he was producing the album, uh, they, they trusted him. To make yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were, they were able to, to send us a couple of, a couple of songs um, that we worked through and, and uh, it's been pretty cool. So, and we've used them again for, for the, what we have coming uh, in, in the future. So they're awesome. They've been yeah. awesome to us. Aaron is unreal. And now it's, you know, we're, we're in the middle of working on new stuff and it's the second project we're working with him. So um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to, 
get that familiarity and, and, under, and understanding of how we work. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm so happy that new ink is out. I'm so excited to put more stuff out and, and just keep working through through things. Yeah, absolutely. Can you speaking of, oh. actually speaking of new ink, you just got a new tattoo the other day on your hand, right? I did. <laughs> tell, so like, tell us a bit, like, first off, how much did yeah. it hurt? You, okay. You know what? <clears throat> um, I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you that there's, um, I'm not the greatest with pain. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, it, it's hard when you, I guess people don't believe it when they look at me. I'm, I'm not a fan of needles, but, um, my chest sucked, but everyone I talk to say the same thing. So that might just be a reality of it. The hand wasn't actually that bad. Um, okay. I was really, I was really nervous. Uh, it's something I always wanted. Um, I always wanted a, a tattoo on my hand. Um, I always just like to look. Uh, I've never, I've luckily with being an artist in the sort of circumstances that I'm in, I guess I've never had to worry about hiding tattoos. Um, and yeah, so I've always kind of tried to show them off a little bit. And I think yeah. there's nothing other than uh, getting one on my hand. But um, yeah, it, it really didn't hurt that much, except for that, like towards the end, it's kind of started. It was, it was like getting annoying. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, now at this point and it didn't last long. I mean, it was a two hour tattoo. It wasn't anything to, it was yeah. crazy, but so at what one did point, you get exactly? Like, sorry. What did you get exactly? Um, I got, so, okay. So this goes back to the MMA story actually was, um, I, I, I always thought brass knuckles on my hand would be a cool hand tattoo, but I said, that's so obvious. Like it's so, why would I get that hand? Like a, brass knuckles on on my hand like it's kind of you know why like it, it didn't make sense to me until i was out at a cigar lounge with my old trainer who now we're just friends and we just hang out uh, when he's in town and uh i'm sitting at the bar with him we're having a cigar having a good time and the bartender says oh my god you're wearing so many rings like you can probably knock somebody out with those rings and and he was like yeah i know he 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 can hit hard like he <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I bet with those rings, but he does. And he's like, no, 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 no. Hey, without, without the rings. And I'm like, well, he kind of just blessed me for this, this brass knuckle hand tattoo. I think <laughs> now, now it makes sense. It's a, it's somebody else saying I used to hit hard. Um, on my right, I mean, I'm, I'm right-handed. Right. So I would right. stand, uh, you know, traditional, but so that, and then he, he had posted a photo of one of his fights. Um, uh, not too long ago. And it was, he, he was, it was like from, from behind him, the picture was from behind him and you see the opponent missing his head by like that much and just getting out of the way enough. And that was always our thing was just like, you know, it's not, you don't have to be crazy. It's just, just that is enough to, to make them, uh, make them miss. So it's like, hmm. boom, it's like right on his shoulder past his head and he's throwing the counter at that time. And that was, it's an awesome picture. And I sent him, a, I replied to his, his story and I said, Hey, make him miss, make him pay. And he's like, that was one of the things he's always told me. Cause we were, he was naturally, um, well, he was a counter striker. So I naturally became a counter striker. So that was always our thing was make him miss, make him pay. Like that's, you know, huh. don't, if, if they're going to hit you, hit him twice as hard. And, but ideally they don't hit you. You make them miss and you can return it. So, that was always our thing. So I ended up now getting, I got make and miss, make and pay with the brass knuckles. I don't know if you can see it. I mean, it's still dark. It's still like, Oh yeah. Right on. Dude, that's, that's sick. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. I I'm love it. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. I have it. And it's something that I've been thinking about. Like it was one of those things that it's like, Oh, I always had this idea. I always, you know, it was going to be, and then one day just like all click together. And I'm like, yeah. that's what I'm getting in my hands when I decide to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and I just, yeah, that's wicked. Uh, I actually, so I want to dive back into the, um, talking about your process when you're doing your albums, uh, or yeah. when you're recording your songs. Um, not, not everybody knows what a publisher does and you know, you say you get some songs given to you and then you guys work them together. What kind of is your, like, what's that process like and what have you learned from these other writers? Yeah. So we'll, my team will reach out. Um, well, so we found Aaron um, for the produce for producing the the album. Um, 
my team will reach out to the publishers uh, around Nashville. So publishers, basically, they, there's a lot of songwriters here in Nashville that aren't artists. And so they've got a spot to store their catalog of for songs that they write. And that's what the publisher is. So um, they said, hey, what kind of album do you want? What kind of sound? What kind of, you know, what kind of thing are you, are you looking for? And, and so we answer those questions. And they send us, you know, a series of songs at a time. Go back, go, hey, this one was kind of cool. You know, maybe something more in this style that you sent us, you know, something like that. Um, and they, and so we go through tons of songs because, because I'm not writing them, um, which actually I have a write in, uh, at some point tonight, but uh, I'm going nice. to start writing again. But, um, you know, it kind of just happened so quick that I was able to record songs and, and get them out, you know, so I obviously took the opportunity. Um, but because I'm not writing them, I definitely wanted to make sure that it was something I, st- I wanted to say, like the song still had to be accurate enough for me to feel comfortable saying that's my song now. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so we go through and I think it's just going to get <clears throat> more and more. We're going to go through more and more songs. I think as far as, you know, once we start putting more stuff out, then I get pickier. Right. And, and we don't want to, there's nothing I want to repeat if it's unnecessary um and there's different types of different types of sounds and stuff that we're still playing with with but um it's a fun dude i i, I love i love going through songs and and you know because one of the anything that you receive could be yours at some point right and you don't know um and so um it's a fun process i get to spend the day listening to songs that could be mine yeah, that like that's amazing. I, I I'm kind of like everybody. Don't text me. Don't bother me. I'm going through 10, 15 songs over yeah. and over. Take a break. Listen to them again. See if there's anything new that jumps out. Because when you're listening to, it, it's like everything can can be a, you know a, a compiled itself into one, right? So kind of want to take some time apart. Take notes on what you liked about certain things. See if you go back. You know things. We have like there's a new one here that I passed on for a while, and I was. Um, I was actually going through a breakup and went to a cottage out in, uh, where are you guys, by the way? We're in London right now. London, okay, Ontario. So, okay. So it was my, so my, my brother, so my brother's girlfriend, uh, her from here on County. So okay, yep. it was around that, that sort of area. And so we went to the cottage. It was like, it's, it's like on the lake. There's like very little cell service and whatever. So going through a breakup figuring out all the stuff and uh and i went back and i'm like let me go like there's there's not much like i'm hanging out on the porch it's nice there's a sun's out having a coffee put my headphones in they're both working um obviously with this covid they're able to work from home so they're both like working and doing their thing and i'm just hanging out and having a coffee and i said you know let me go back through songs that i didn't take that yeah. were kind of interesting to me. Mm. And there was one that jumped back out. And I guess it's just also a certain circ- uh, circumstance as far as wh- where you're at and what you're going through. And, and maybe it didn't stick out to me then. And it did afterwards. Um, so I, I contact, I, I called my, my manager right after I'm like, Hey, you know, that song, I think I want to take it now. And he's like, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. I mean, because until you, you record, and even when you record them, you could not, you, you could use them or not. Right. Like, so, yeah. um, it's, it's just it's a, fun, it's a right? super fun process. I love it. Yeah. It's like I said, like it's all about the environment and the, like what you're going through personally kind of thing. You're like this, like this all might not hit you. And then like the next day you might be driving somewhere and something happened over the night or you might have dream- dreamt something. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, songs, songs hit you very differently. Like, I never thought "So Dancing in a Burning Room" was a cool song at all. I thought it was uh, really boring. And then <laughs> I, went, I went through a breakup, and uh, and I listened to it again a couple of years ago. And it's well, someone asked me the other day, "What was a song that? What song in the world do you wish you wrote?" And I said, "So Dancing in a Burning Room," easily. So wow, yeah. Wow. So how did it feel? It was last year you did the tour with George Canyon, right? Yep. Yeah. How did that feel like? Because I feel like Canadians, we've all kind of embraced country music because uh-huh. we're such a fan of it everywhere kind of thing. So how did it feel going across Canada, opening up this tour every night kind of thing? There was nothing better than playing every night. 
and and getting that that um, stage time. Uh, on top of it, it was the biggest tour we could have even imagined to have been on at that time, right? Um, so tour bus, new experience. Uh, and then, and also, you know, George and, and we were on with Doc Walker and Charlie Major. We shared a bus with uh, Chris and Dave from Doc Walker. Um, it was just super cool. I mean, I, I have nothing but, but uh, good memories from that, from that tour. And obviously there's ups and downs on a two month tour. Oh yeah. He's my voice, you know, being an idiot yelling around in a bar. Um, <laughs> but you know, when I think of, when I think back at that tour, I mean, I think that there's, I hadn't played, I had, I had gone. So I got down to Nashville, September 18, uh, started rehearsing with the band, got rid of a rhythm guitar player, brought a new rhythm guitar player in a month before that tour in April of 2019. Uh, awesome guitar player. Uh, and so we hadn't played a whole, played maybe a handful of shows yeah. before the camp tour together. Um, we actually were put on a, we did our little quick weekend tour up. We did Kentucky, uh, and, uh, St. Louis. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we did, we did a couple of shows in Kentucky, one in St. Louis with the suit about to go on tour with, um, just to get you know familiar with each other and, and just have more stage time before we go on the big tour. Um, it was, it was definitely a, a bit of a learning experience and a learning, uh, uh, thing for us because, you know, we're used to playing in loud drunk bars, um, <laughs> right. playing for George's crowd in the theater, uh, was definitely a bit of a trip because they're sitting and they're quiet and they're respectful, yeah. which I'm not used to. Um, so, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was cool. It was it took us a second to figure it out. And, yep. and I think, you know, I had the brilliant idea of opening up our sets for four nights and with, uh, an unreleased original. Okay. So that they really love that. Um, George was like, yo, add, an, add another cover, which is cool. So we ended up, when we got to, we did what we, we were given five songs and okay. we did four originals and one, just before the last, so like the fourth song was um, something like that, Tim McGraw. And the oh, crowd man. got pumped up. Uh, they were like, yo, we suggest you add a cover. We're like, oh, so take out an original. And you're like, no, 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 just add a cover though. Like get a huh. cover people are gonna like that you guys are, like you guys play. And and they let us add another. Um, I mean, I, obviously I think that stem out too if the crowd's pumped after we're done um so we ended up putting something like that from tim mcgraw as the opener and then added when it rains it pours luke combs just before which was a single we were promoting at that time and we had a big solo on the end my, my guitar player you know kind of went nuts off off the off the end and i you know pieced out while he's playing his thing it was pretty it was pretty cool so yeah i mean there's a lot of that back to those kinds of things of just understanding stage and understanding um uh, a lot of environments and crowds and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So do you think like you kind of took like what you learned from being MMA, like going into the fights and being like being adaptive. Did you take that into doing these shows to be like, Hey, this is working really well, or this isn't working for each crowd kind of thing. Do you think oh, those MMA like practices kind of helped you out with that? For sure. For sure. Um, I, you know, I think that they got to a point where I'm so used to feeding off a loud, high energy drunk crowd that I felt like I, I could, I couldn't get that out of myself with a crowd in a theater that's sitting. Um, so I would, I would finish shows and I would feel, you know, a little, not, not disappointed, but I just felt like there's more I can give. Um, and the guys, the people in the front were, you know, not, not up and dancing. And then we would, we would sign, you know, do meet and greets after the show and people would be like, that was awesome. We were like all the way to the back, but we were up and dancing the whole time and stuff. And I'm like, so the people in here that are really giving me the energy, I just maybe can't see, you know, you can't really see past mm. a couple of rows with all the lights and stuff. So, yeah. um, it was a learning curve to, to be like, you know what, there's people out there that, that are really digging what we're doing. And so I really want to put on a show playing this really beautiful theater in Calgary. And I was like, I don't want to feel, uh, like we fell short in this theater. Cause I just want to come out here and have fun. I told the guys, I go, guys, just, just do 
let's not worry about the ones who maybe are, you know, maybe a little bit older and, and like more of the traditional stuff, you know, where especially that album was a lot more, you know, pop country, which we've, we've now changed, uh, but, um, so I can't blame them. I, I get the old, you know, the older crowd that are more traditional, like, you know, their, their, their opinion, but there's people that just like to, they were having beers the whole night too. And they were drinking with like, you know, having a, a good time for us. I said, guys, let's just, just go out full energy, give what we give, you know, the ones who are going to like us, who liked people in the crowd that liked us uh, before those people were going to make them love us. And the ones who maybe don't like us so much, they're going to hate us, but that's, we're not going to win them any over anyway. So let's just, let's just go out and, and, uh, and do the best we can. Yeah, and, that, and that's like the best attitude that you can have because you know, when you're touring that long, two months is a long time. Yeah. You can get easily stuck in the, it's just like another day. And it's hard to go out every single night sometimes and give it that 110% because you're tired. You didn't sleep the night before. You're up at seven in the morning because you got an eight hour drive, especially in those like prairie territories. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I like, we, no matter what happened the night was like where we slept, how we slept, all that kind of stuff. About a couple hours before the show, it was the same thing. You know, we, we had beers on the bus, had fun, watched. I, I mean, there was only so many channels. I think we watched Seinfeld and, and Barrisk. You know, <laughs> just hung out and just be, you know, and I think the, all right, we're going on stage. That moment, we on the bus for about an hour or two, all together, you know, shooting the shit, laughing, all that kind of thing. And then going, okay, stage. When you make that walk, you're putting your ears in. You know, you're getting your pack handed to you. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a moment that clicks, and I think it's it's very hard to be bored. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Though you did it the night before, I was losing my voice. I remember two shows specifically where it was just like didn't like them. I mean, it was just it was very tough uh, for me to do. But uh, besides those two shows, it was like. It was, it, it was fun. I mean, you get to sing. We get we're going out there and singing songs, you know, for about a half hour. Yeah, yeah. interacting with a different crowd that didn't see us on that before. They made the effort to come by, and it, you know, it's in my head too. It's just like you owe them a good show. Yeah, but it's absolutely. all me. Pride is is I can't. There's no show that's just a uh, all right effort like. You know what I mean? Like you just you're just so excited and be doing it and just as soon as you know the band walks out first and they announce us and so there's an MC and they announce us and then we start that it, we, we started that uh, we did four four, four, four with my opening with an uh, released original after that we changed to uh, that and as soon as my drummer hit that I was just like let's go and it's such <laughs> yeah. a high energy song on We've done it down on Broadway together, and when we know some artists that are playing there, and they let us come on stage and and sing it half hammered, but uh, it's just a, <laughs> a really fun song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's hard not to just be like, "We're at it again, let's go." You know what I mean? Yeah, so it, yeah. it, it really, to me, wasn't a very hard thing to get excited about, it, even though I think we we were on tour for two months. We had three days off, and and two were back to back travel days. So. Wow. That's a tough schedule. Kind of, you kind of touched base on it there too. Like your first EP, when I listened to it, I was like, these are like some solid country songs. But then with New Ink, you, they're more rock. They're more high energy kind of songs. Is that, does that inspire you? Is that something that uh, Aaron talked about? Or is it from playing these shows? You're like, you know what? I prefer playing these more higher rock songs kind of thing. That's exactly what it was. It was playing the shows with the band I had. Um, my, my two guys... My first hired my drummer, my lead guitar player, and they band together um, in an in a alternative rock band together before coming to play with me. So they're high energy rock kind of thing. Um, so they made all the songs sound rock. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I like these live versions. You know, and obviously I don't stream my own songs. I'm not like in the bus listening to my own self. Um, unless it's, you know, uh, you know, unless it's a live thing that is out and I'm just curious on how, how we did, but um I would go back sometimes or hear or people would tag me and I'd hear the song and I'm like, man, this does not sound like what we do live. I love the live version. And basically the, the new ink was, was designed because of the guys I had in the band, the way we play live. 
the influences that I have uh, from blues rock kind of thing. Um, and I just wanted to do something that, I mean, we went out and, and, you know, for a while too, on that tour, I had, there was a little bit of an attitude on my end of like, Hey, you guys might hate this, but at this point I don't give a shit. We're going to do what we do. And it's like, it's hard, you know, it's cool to walk out with that, that, that sort of rebellious energy and then sing, leave it like it is girl. I like it. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, nah, we need some fight with song with balls. Like we got to get going here. So yeah. definitely was a lot of things that, that made that happen. And, and, uh, and Aaron was, came around at the right time and was able to, to send us some really good songs that, that he had his hands on and, and could get his hands on and, uh, and, and songs that, that made that happen. So, um, I mean, I think the album came out exactly the way we wanted it to, and and we're working uh, we're working on, on on new stuff, and can't wait to be putting that stuff out in twenty twenty one. That's fantastic. Um, so I know COVID probably threw a wrench in a bunch of your plans. That was going to be this year. Yeah. Um, but so you're talking about a new album for next year, or is it an EP? Um, it's an EP. An EP. I don't know. You know honestly. It's, that's it's a smart be, way to go. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be an EP yet or if it's going to be just a bunch of singles. Yeah. Um, I know we're looking at some fun collaborations that we're still reaching out on. Um, one that is pretty much confirmed that I'm, I'm really, really pumped about with a female artist that I, I really respect and love her voice. So that's going to be really cool to, to be able to get that all, all that kind of stuff in motion and, um, and do, and do more. But I mean, we, we, before we even put out new content, we, we, you know, I did the deluxe version of Leave It Like It Is uh, with the Live and Unplugged, and we're looking at doing something really fun for our own self to, to just have some fun and, and do, like, live versions of, we're kind of, like, it's the idea, I don't know if we're going to call it yet, but the idea of live and turned up, like, you know, old money with the with the loud solo, the long solo we, we finished a live show with, or you know, X in my heart with the same solo on the end that we used to, we finished a Canyon tour with, or, um, you know, rock covers that I really dig that are, that are, you know, vocally challenging in, in, in ways that I think perhaps I haven't shown off yet. Um, and so I think that that's going to be really cool and that's going to come out before we put out any new content, um, like official, I guess, but yeah, uh, we got, we got a lot of stuff on the, on the way, uh, and that we're working on right now. And this is, uh, this has been super, super fun to, to weed through and figure out, but, um, I'm stoked. Well, dude, we're excited for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like if you do a quick YouTube search over like your name, like you see, there's tons of like live performance of you guys doing stuff. And like, you can tell you guys love what you do. Oh, you guys give it your man, all, man. I started playing music because a lot of like live, you know, like I'm, I'm obviously not, the writer that has to get these emotions out necessarily, but I, I sing everything that I have to sing with and I put in the show and I do whatever I can, you know, to make that a fun experience for whoever's there that night. And the beauty with live music is anything is going to happen and you get different versions of it every night because, you know, something happens or, you know, you decide to go on a different vocal run or a guitar player plays a different fill or plays or solo or the drummer plays a different fill or, Stuff like that. So that's why live music to me is the most fascinating thing. And, and I'm glad that we get to do it. Even though sometimes lately it's been virtually, but we've been having some fun with it. For sure, man. Yeah. It's the best thing that we can do. Um, well, dude, we just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we had a blast talking with you. Anytime, guys. I, I love I love having conversations and just shouldn't share a little bit. So totally, um, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we got to make this happen. And, uh, and I, I appreciate you guys having me. For yeah, sure. no problem. Hey, if you whenever you come to London area, we'll catch up then. Perfect. We'll come to the show. Hey, and I got one London. I got one London story before I let you guys go. Yes, for it. Let's, we would love it. Yeah. We love good London stories. <laughs> that um, that week I had spent with my brother and his in his uh, and his girlfriend out um, in in Ontario. We went to somebody's house for a campfire and whatever, and just kind of hung out. There was one of her friends, one of her friends from, from there. Um, she moved to Montreal to be with my brother, but um, we, we went back and all the friends came out because she's finally back. It's been a couple of months, COVID, everyone locked up. She couldn't really go back home anyway. All the friends came out and one of her friends, great energy. Love this girl, love her energy, great character, like super fun. She goes, you, you look really familiar. I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
where somebody's in the middle of telling a story and she goes, Manny, Manny Blue, you were on tour with George. And I'm like, yeah, I was. She goes, I came to the London show. And I went, <laughs> oh, I know exactly what show that was. And that was the night that we thought it would be fun to do a Value Village night. So everybody drew a name out of a hat, had to go to Value Village and spend, you know, a certain amount of, we, you know, there was, a, there was a limit and you could only spend a certain amount and have to dress that person with their Value Village clothes. Now, oh I, <laughs> Chris from Doc Walker got me and there was a moment in the bus when a clock fell on Dave's head. <laughs> And he, he took it and he bore, he put the clock and went, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> that sparked Chris's idea and literally bought me a clock and took the cable that you plug into the wall for it to work. He yeah. tied it as a necklace, <laughs> put it around my neck. I had the, a red cowboy hat, uh, like with a Canadian flag on it. I had pink heart sunglasses, these bead chains with, with, uh, the clock. I had these baggy pants. It was just a XL shirt just a mess just a mess and that was the night that george had pranked me and numbed my lips because he put it on my microphone <laughs> no way so she, she goes i was at the london show and i went holy hell you go that, that uh, she goes i don't know so i'm telling her this story and my brother's in there and he's like yeah she she paid a ticket for this shit show this is unbelievable <laughs> i'm like i can't believe i'm sitting with you right now you were at that show that's just unbelievable and it was it was in london so that that london has a has that memory for me anytime anybody brings up london well it <laughs> sounds like a lot more in london but that's that's my memory of london <laughs> it sounds like a traditional london outfit let's just be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was nuts there was some good ones there was some good some good uh um, some good outfits that day, but um, definitely remember having my lips numb. Couldn't see anything because of the sunglasses, and they were plastic. They were complete garbage. <laughs> I took them off halfway through because I couldn't do it. Like I can't feel my lips, and my I can't see anything. I'm in my cowboy boots, but I've got like this baggy with overalls, this massive t-shirt. The the thing, the 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 clock is tugging on my neck. It's heavy. Anyway. <laughs> So that's my London story. And I actually ended up hanging out with somebody who happened to pay for a ticket of that show and understand she got to get the whole behind the scenes story of, of uh, what I was going through that night. So, I mean, it was pretty fun. So Dude, it's amazing. I love that. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, for sure. Wait, one last question. Was that yeah. the music hall or Bud Gardens? Music hall. Music hall? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 It was a nice venue. I wish we, we, we actually put on a, I hope we play well. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Think <laughs> yeah. I was uh, concerned with a bunch of things, but well, like I said, London's got a huge country scene here. Uh, we have a country festival every summer, kind of thing. We have a, co a couple country festivals actually, so you'll be down eventually, I guarantee. It, and we'll, yeah. we'll catch up there, man. We'll run it again. Yeah, run it back. Sure. Yeah, sounds great, man. Thanks so much, buddy. Awesome. Thanks for having Take you. care. Yeah. Have good luck with your session tonight. Thanks, boys. Talk to you later. We'll see you. Well, first off, we want to thank Manny Blue for taking uh, some time out of his day and chatting with us and being so open about his career. Um, learned tons about him and tons about the publishing world and how things work in Nashville and how collaborative of a city that is. Absolutely. And that's the thing, too, is just like learning about all of that and, you know, his his writing process, working with other musicians and everything just to, you know, to produce content that he wants to put his name behind yeah. was really cool as well and everything. And uh, so his new EP is called new ink came out in November of 2020. So you can go stream it now. If you're hearing this episode, it's on Spotify, YouTube music, Apple music, pretty much anywhere you get your music, you can uh, check out this new EP. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Uh, we'll have a new one in a couple weeks and for sure. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your streaming services, Apple Music. It helps it helps us get higher in the uh, algorithm and you know get seen. And it's places. all it's all about the algorithm, man. It is rate, subscribe. Uh, we are currently a five star podcast on what? Apple Podcasts. No yep. way. We have like eight or nine reviews, and they're all five stars. So that's 
makes me feel pretty good. Uh, I feel pretty good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Yeah.